Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health and mindset, inside and out. With your hosts, Steve Katarzy and Bryn Jenkins. I do feel that I need to be breaking out into chant right now because it's the World Cup 2018 soccer tournament this summer and so far England are still in and <laughs> I can't help but be a little bit giddy because that doesn't happen that often. So we'll see. By the time this airs, we will either be sailing into the semi-finals or I'll be licking my wounds. Let's see. So we do actually spend part of today's discussion talking about the World Cup, you know, our observations, how it's getting on, some of the, the big surprises, as well as reminiscing about our own football experiences as youngsters and being fitness professionals, talking about the footballers' physique and performance goals, which uh, I think is quite an interesting conversation. We then get into what was a really uh, provocative discussion around are we able to train every single day with no days off and continue to make positive progress? There are guys out there that report that they've done 90-day squat challenges and they've been able to grow their body and get stronger. Or there's CrossFitters that train multiple times a day, almost every day, and they're some of the fittest people on the earth. So we talk about frequency and the importance of frequency for developing strength and muscle. We talk about the importance of progressive overload and how that needs to factor into any training regime. But I I guess I, I come from a slightly resistant view where I, I respect rest and recovery because there's an adaptation process that you need to fall into. And it's something called supercompensation that if you ignore, you could actually go backwards. And then there's the whole wellness and hormones and you know fatigue and general exhaustion that can come from training too hard. So we talk about all of these things all interwoven in this discussion as Bryn seriously contemplates a 90-day bench press challenge of benching every single day with the view to develop his bench strength as well as his chest development. So let's see how he goes. He's committed to that. It's a really good, interesting back and forth, sharing of different opinions. We don't agree on everything, uh, but we reach some interesting observations. I hope you enjoy this episode, guys. Yeah, so you know I don't really watch football. Yeah, because I wasn't sure if you'd, you'd be watching or not because you don't watch any premiership football. No, I just haven't got, I haven't got a patience or I'm not that maniacal when it comes to like football stats. I don't remember stuff. I don't yeah. remember the years when things happened or players, you yeah, know, yeah, statistics. Yeah. It just... That kind of stuff is just not me. So whether you're an American and like you're following, like, you know, NFL stats and you're doing fantasy league stuff, or you're over here in the UK and you're just getting like obsessed about the Premier League and mm. who's moved where and yeah, yeah, none of that, none of that connects with me. It just doesn't stick yeah. at all. I, I'm I'm like that actually. I think how like some people these stats just stick with them they go i know how much he's been sold for i know what date he left what club i know the history of that club i know when oh, they won 98 FA Cup. was the, yeah. the best year for x team and I'm like, how like, do really? you know all this information <laughs> how do you have that headspace but some people just do um yeah. but I, I yeah so i don't i'm not a massive um football fan i like playing football but what's your team uh 
Chelsea if I'm watching the Premiership, okay. but I'm not a massive Chelsea fan. I've been to quite a few of the games in the past, but um, I'm much more a fan when it comes to um, watching your team in the World Cup. So I'm absolutely loving the World Cup at the moment. And actually, I'm watching like all the games. I'm not even just watching England. Um, I got really into it this year and I'm really enjoying it. And mm. some of the games have been quite uh, surprising because a lot of the big teams have been knocked out of the World Cup. So I'm, I'm in exactly the same place, man. I, I've got this thing. I love tournaments. Like yeah. just this idea of like being being the best, right? So when it comes to football day-to-day, can't be bothered. Don't ever go and watch any games or anything yeah. like that. But when it comes to things like the Euros or the World Cup, like, You're it's right. like I'm a different man. Yeah, yeah. She was like, so I, I love the fact we're together passionate. because you never watch any football. We're never, I'm never held hostage in my yeah. own house where I can't escape the football. But when it comes to the World Cup, it's all it's all the fucking time. Like, <laughs> what's going on? I can't wait for this thing to yeah, be yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've been watching a lot of games as well. <laughs> yeah. um, and I've watched, uh, I'm normally watching the evening games, right? Mm. Seven o'clock games, not watching like the daytime ones. Yeah, I've, I've seen like Spain get knocked out and Argentina get knocked know, out, Portugal get knocked what's out. It, what's it's insane, on? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? I am um, like Messi and, you know, Ronaldo, Ronaldo. L- you know, leaving where you'd expect them to be the the stars the names of the world cup and all of the expected teams yeah have fallen by the wayside and then you get like the likes of france who on their in their in their moment can be great but the last game i watched of them with Mbappe was just incredible man yeah yeah i think um it shows how you can't rely on one or two star players. So like argentina and uh portugal you got like like said messi and ronaldo Wow, they're amazing players. They people win, know to they mark the Ballon hell out door. of them. Do you know What's what I mean? That? They know how to mark the hell out of them. Yeah. So they just get suffocated. They get they suffocated, get taken out. Yeah. And and if you haven't got a good enough team, they're not going to feed you the ball and give you enough opportunity to score. So it just shows how you need a good, solid team, not just a good player that's a star player. Like with England, actually, at the moment, I'm... I'm loving the fact that we're a good team, but we haven't really got any star players like we used to do. We haven't got the Rooney or the Lampard and the John Terry and the, you know, back in the day when you had Alan Shearer, David Beckham. We 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 have got obviously star players, but they're not as prolific because they're not a lot of the players that yeah, come from like Ian Tottenham. And yeah, Michael Owen, and exactly. all that kind of stuff that we're they're like... a little more lower level, like in terms of um how popular they are and how like not a lot of people knew who Harry Kane was beforehand, who is obviously our striker. Um, or I think he plays in midfield, isn't he? Um, but now he's started to obviously become a bit of a, a star, but it's, it's the whole team that's playing well. Everyone's playing together as a really good team. Everyone seems to be getting on really well. The media, there's, I have noticed there's not been that much negativity around the media. So they're not like, you know, like when you had John Terry was sleeping around, when Rooney was sleeping around mm. and the players didn't get on with each other. And no, there's no way you're going to win the World Cup if you've I, got a team I, like that. I think um, Gareth Southgate is doing a good job. Well, whilst, yeah. again, I don't watch football and I don't know what the obvious qualities of good co- uh, you know, football coaches are. Mm-hmm. I just think about leadership generally. Yeah. And I think... He comes across well. I think he comes across well. And what I, I sense from the team is what I think what you're saying is yeah. there seems to be a bond. Yeah. There seems to be like one-manship between the players. Like mm-hmm. they kind of want to... They want to be together. Yeah. You kind of sense that they're working as a unit. Whereas 
think about it. When you think about it, right? These these footballers, they're you know, for the majority of their career, they're playing for a team or multiple teams throughout their career. That's their team. Yeah, that's what they know. Mm. When you have these World Cups, you're pulling them out of their you know their their normal coaching, their normal um, you know pitches they train on, their normal kind of leagues, their mm-hmm. their normal competition, their normal teams and their set pieces. And you put them in with a new coach, new new kind of supporting team, and new players, and you've got to somehow make it work. And they don't have a lot of time Quite to practice job, and yeah. become a new team, right? It's yeah. just, you, you form a new team very quickly, mm-hmm. and yet, obviously, the best teams in the world are able to make these discrete plays playing all over the world, united, where patriotism rules, right? Yeah. Where you get excited about playing for your country, yeah, and you see past ego and wanting to be the individual and Don't best. forget, they're all rivals because they, a lot exactly. of them play, they play against, play against, each, against other. each other normally. Um, yeah, I think Gareth Southgate, is, has. I think he's done a really good job of, of creating, you sense this kind of like, they kind of want to, they like each other, they want each other to do well. Yeah. And I think that's probably what we're feeling. Yeah. But the thing that I think has been, um, has now made this real is mm. the fact we won a penalty shootout. I know. Oh, that never happens. No, change, change never, history. The, 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 the pressure. <laughs> that I, every time I've watched England get into a, a penalty shootout, which is quite often, they quite often find themselves in that position. You feel the nerves, right? You just yeah. assume the worst. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because you know someone's going to fuck it up. <laughs> but they, they pulled it out. Well, out even if we don't win the World Cup, at least we've changed history. So, exactly. And we've, we've got over that hurdle. Because, um, I mean, watching that, I was so nervous. Like, it's amazing how... As as I'm not a huge football fan, how nervous I get watching that. I I was like sweating. I was on the edge of really? my seat, and I was like, yeah, because it's. I don't. I, it's wanted just, to, I wanted to go to bed because I've recorded it a little bit later. Yeah, and I was like, I was watching it at eleven o'clock. I'm like, they were one nil up, and within like a minute to go before the end of the game, yeah, Columbia get one back, and I knew they would. I knew they would. <laughs> I, I think hadn't you looked, guys could go. I hadn't looked time. at Facebook or anything, so I hadn't I purposely avoided the news, so yeah. I wouldn't get like. You know, I wouldn't get a spoil. But I just like, I know, I know this is going to be a long game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lisa hates it. When she's watching it with me and she goes, and they get a late minute goal, she goes, oh, oh. this means it's going to be extra time, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And she was like, it's 15 minutes. So I was like, mm, 15 minutes each way. Exactly. Half an hour. Think about how demanding mm. playing for that long is, man. Mentally and physically. Like, like uh, for, for a game like that, that mentally that's draining. a lot of time to be running around switched on the whole time because yeah. one little lapse mm-hmm. where you're not focused yeah you let some run past you and and you know there's an opportunity pass. you've yeah. got to be on it yeah as a team constantly thinking about your positioning your formation make sure you're marking people constantly marking isn't just a matter of keeping close to your guy it's having the right distance from him so we can't yeah. run a r- run past you yeah and i just look at how people are playing and the diligence mm. to keep to the plan for 90 minutes is hard enough. But yeah. then add another 30 on top of that with no break. And you see people cramping and yeah. you see people fatiguing. And it's, it must be really hard to do that. And then you've got the penalty shootout and your legs are probably like lead at that point. And then your brain's probably fried as well. Um, but I, I, I think like when I watch football, I, I think I underestimate the the physical side of it. Like you're just saying there, how hard it, it must be to play for that long. Um, and I, I just watch it and think, ah, oh, football's you know, quite an easy sport. It is a man. It's, it's, no, it's because I, I'm not quite a footballer. Physically demanding. And as I was a kid, if I think back when I was a kid, football was the thing. Mm. Um, 
football every lunch break, every break for 10, 15 minutes, someone brings in one of their balls, we'll kick yeah. a ball around some asphalt. Um, you know, it was a thing. It was what the kids done. Yeah. And I would play football because all my mates were playing football. I was was never very good. <laughs> too left feet. I wasn't fast enough. You know, I didn't have a good touch. Um, was too scared to go in for tackles. Was crapping goal. Um, <laughs> the pressure when I get the ball would mean that it would always go in the wrong direction. You know, whether it's a pass or a, a shot. You know, every once in a while I do something good and I'm like, wow, it feels good to be good. But they would yeah, be yeah. random moments. Plus, I think I'm a individual team sport guy. I mm-hmm. mean. I actually mentioned it in one of my IGTV videos, but I I do best when it's, you know, my ability is very clear to see. Mm. I'm either shit or I'm good and I've got nowhere to hide. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that's yeah. why I like squash and like track and, you know, now I like the gym and things which are like my, you know, m- my performance is solely down to me. One, I don't have to rely mm-hmm. on others, and two, I don't have to. I don't let people down. Yeah. And three, I don't hide. It's like everything is exposed. Yeah. Which I think might talk to my personality a bit because mm. I am a bit insular, competitive as well with yourself. I am a bit of an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always ha- held myself to a really high standard, but don't expect the same from others around me. So I think mm. it's like a bit of a mentality thing, bit of a bit of a capability thing, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but football was always a thing in as I was growing up. Um, and whenever I would be asked to play a game, as I got older and I played less and less football, and your mates would say, oh, let's go around you know, to the park and just kick the ball around. We'd do a little five-a-side thing. Mm. But yeah, I'll go on in. I know I'm shit, but like <laughs> someone's going to be handicapped having me on the team. Who's yeah, going to have yeah. me? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you can go in defence. You're always the last one You can go in defence over there. <laughs> just, just stand over there somewhere. Stick you and go. <laughs> And then, um, fuck, like, you'd only play for 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And it is absolutely exhausting when you're not used to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, constantly turning, turning direction, running, most of the time running for no reason. Yeah. Think about how much, how many miles you do when you haven't got the ball. Yeah. Just back up and down, up and down, up and down, chasing people but not getting the ball. That's fucking tiring. And that's in a short space. If you're playing on a full 11 side pitch, it's quite a long way to run. It's quite a lot of running over 90 minutes. You've got to have the legs for it. It really is, Football's man. legs. And I, and I was thinking, just because it's our space, so you can't help but to look at things this way. The, the footballer's body, right? Mm. This is an endurance sport. There's no other way to put it. It is an endurance sport mm-hmm. with skill and tactics. So while some footballers might look more muscular than others that's really body composition than it is mm. muscle like the, the, pe- the people that i think have some muscle to work worth talking about probably ronaldo's legs right he's, he's got but he's not big no you look at everywhere er, er, the upper torso of every every footballer other than maybe slight. the odd the odd defender that's a bit bulky yeah the majority of them really slight skinny arms hardly any chest like narrow shoulders and think about it, that's important mm. because your skill is on in your feet and your legs, yeah, yeah. running, moving, turning. Yeah. You don't want extra weight on the top slowing mm. you down. Um, and I don't think you could yeah. build a body and be good at football because as soon as you start building on that mass, it slows you down. You're going to be less fit mm. because 
it's going to be more expensive to move. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you're going to be heavier. You're, not only are you going to be heavier, but muscle is expensive to yeah. to move around, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you've got extra muscle, you're going to get just get tired quicker. Your fitness levels are never going to be as good. Mm. So I was looking at that going, yeah, like from my kind of body aspirations, I look at all of these, none of them. Yeah, you should like, be playing football. <laughs> n- n- none of them work for me. Yeah. Whereas if you don't, whereas I, you get a lot of like football pinups. And like, oh, like, you know, you know, girls say, oh, he's hot, he's fit, look at his body. I'm like, yeah, not really. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, he might have swagger. He might yeah. be really good. That's why people get excited about him yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's a good player. He's confident. You know, his, his face is you know, half, half decent. His hair's all right. You know, he moves well with the ball. Yeah. I think that's what people get attracted to. The bodies, I mean, they're just average bodies for the most part. Yeah. Uh, just not holding any weight. Because when I, I, like when I was a kid, I remember like everyone used to fancy David Beckham. And in my mind, I used to think he was this big muscular guy. And then when I get older and obviously now he's I look skinny. back, I'm like, he, he's really average and yeah, yeah. skinny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's just a good footballer and yeah. he's got the, you know, good hair and stuff, but he's not, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's nothing special. But in my mind back then I was like, yeah, he's like almost a bodybuilder. Nah. But that's just how you perceive <laughs> it when you're a kid. And you see him within, like in the, the, the model shots yeah, where yeah, he's, yeah. he's in his uh, <laughs> underwear and stuff. Or whatever. But the reason why he looks good is because he's not holding any weight. Yeah. And he does does work, he does train a lot, like in football. So he's, he's got athlete, some muscle, yeah. but not in any any form what you would regard as mm. physique. Yeah. It's more just he's just not holding any weight. But Do you what, know what I mean? Well the thing the interesting thing I find about this is that people that are at the peak of their performance don't necessarily look like the guys at the peak of their aesthetics, like bodybuilders. Yeah. And it goes to show that bodybuilders, although they look fitter and stronger, aren't necessarily stronger, nor are they healthier, because we know that we our body levels shouldn't be that low when we're stepping on stage. You know, you see, especially women, oh, yeah, 100%. body level fat yeah. shouldn't be that low. Yeah. You can see they're very gaunt looking, but we almost think we should look that way because that's very muscular and that's the ideal body composition. Whereas actually you see someone like David Beckham and he's very average, very normal looking, yet he's at the peak of his performance and health-wise he's in a very good place. So um, I, I think it's fairly common to say that you have, you have to choose. You know when I'm talking about balance and it's, I said balance doesn't exist. Yeah, It's really anything that's extreme, mm-hmm. you have to accept it will be imbalanced. Yeah. So if you want to be the best powerlifter, mm-hmm. you are not going to care so much about injury prevention yeah. or optimal health because you care about packing on size, muscle density, and strength and being efficient in that strength movement. You're not caring about whether you're a wellness guru. Yeah. And you're not going to do, you're going to do things which are anti-wellness because your pursuit is performance. Mm-hmm. Same with like NFL players, you know, they will do whatever it takes to be the best at their sport. Are they doing all the things that make them the healthiest people? No, they will do things that are out and out unhealthy in this pursuit of being the best, whether it's taking steroids, whether it's uh, training with a lack of recovery, whether it's, you know, pushing too hard beast mode all the time, you know. There's there's things that and people, even eating the wrong things when in season you have to get those calories in because you're burning so much you in, might eat a burger to get your calories in exactly so it's not about health it's about performance and then when you look at footballers you know what's their goal their goal is improve skill improve tactics 
um, you know, the drills of set pieces and yeah. free kicks and, you know, formations and, you know, just general movement as a team. Mostly yeah. it's team-based stuff. But how do you become a good footballer? You've got to have fitness. Fitness is incredibly important. Mm. You've got to run around with the same energy at the 90th minute than you did in, in, in the first minute. Yeah. That means VO2 max. It means efficiency of movement. It means just high fitness levels. Mm -hmm. That's akin to endurance sport athletes, right? Yeah. So their goal is, I just need to be able to move around with nothing holding me back yeah. and at the same time have skill. That's why you find some of the best players are bean poles. Mm. Like, who was the, the really lanky uh, striker that we had? Oh, um, Blonde Crouch. Yeah. yeah, Crouch. Like, no muscle on him at all. I mean, like, it's, it's like painful. To, it looks like he's going to break it <laughs> yeah. any minute. His legs were just like I bones. Don't know. Yeah, and but he, how amazing was he? Because yeah. he, he had the skill, the competency, the tactics, the, the vision. And the fitness, yeah, well, yeah. not so much fitness because he was a, a forward, but his goal wasn't muscle development. Yeah, yeah. And nor should it have been. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it, yeah. It, I mean, watching him or looking at him, if he walked past you in the street, you would think, no way are you able to play football at the level you do. I know. <laughs> he pulled it off, yeah. Oh, it's funny. But what what you um, what are you looking forward to most about the World Cup now with, with just a couple of weeks to go? Oh, man, I don't know. By the way, I we, mean, should, we should probably put the date on this. This is the... The fifth of July. Yeah, England played their uh, their round of sixteen a couple of days ago. Yeah, against Colombia. Their quarter final is on Saturday. Saturday, yeah, yeah, against yeah. Uh, Sweden. Against Sweden. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, when this podcast comes out, we would have already played, so we'll know yes. what the result is. But right now, we don't know what the result is, and I, I, I just, I'm just looking forward to the next game. At the same time, I'm really not looking forward to it because I do get very passionate and I I don't want to be in the position again where we're having a penalty shootout because I don't think I can go through it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I think um, I'm looking forward to see how we respond to, to the last game because we start we do the typical England thing where we start off playing really well and then we start losing our heads in the second half. And I don't know what it is, whether it's concentration, whether it's I think, fatigue I think, kicking I think we're in. just a nervous team. Yeah, because I don't, I, don't think, I don't think our expectations of ourselves are as high with like that level of arrogance and confidence that, for example, you get with a Brazil yeah. or you get with like a Spain. Mm -hmm. like these teams just like, we know we're the best. Yeah. Like when they go onto a world stage, like this is home. They play for, like they're the for best. For us, yeah. when we go on these stages, you can feel the nerves throughout the team. Mm. And you can feel the pressure of like, yeah. we know we usually fuck up. Do you know it, what I mean? It, Whereas Brazil come on a team like, we know we usually win. Yeah, it's that a mindset. In mindset yeah, is yeah. Huge. It, it, I think you're right. I think it is probably down to mindset because you can almost see that there's just this drop in mood with our team, and and we're still the same team. We still have the same skill set, but yeah, it, it, we just seem to lose it towards the end. And, it's a belief uh, thing. Yeah. I think it's a belief thing. They're, they're going to have time now to analyze the last game and go, look, why did that happen? Why did we concede a goal towards the end? Why were they all over us at the end? And I, I'm looking forward to game. Saturday to see. I know. Really did you game. notice? So I was watching it with Lisa and um, the, the Colombians were really, really arguing with the ref about all the decisions he was making. Um, but they, to be fair, they're all over some of our players mm. and they're all arguing in the penalty box um, when he gave the penalty away. And there's about three Colombian players around the ref like arguing with him and there's one just at the back standing there and he's just digging his feet into the, the penalty spot. Oh, really? Trying to, yeah, trying to um, like dig out a hole or something. Oh, or just, just to make the 
Ball bobble that, or something. Yeah, or just make it no, uneven. No, I didn't notice that. And um, I noticed it when they were shouting at the ref. And I was like, I'm sure he's digging up that, that um, penalty spot. And then later on, the commentators were saying, they were like, yeah, and they were sort of messing around and meddling yeah, the, with the... the they, they were, I don't and know. I just thought, that's not sportsmanship. And that's the only thing, you know, about football. I think there's there's too much of that. There's there a lot is. of diving, yeah. a lot of arguing with the ref. You don't see that in rugby. Do, do you know do, what I mean? Like, do argument. Arguing with the does arguing with the ref once a decision been made does it has it ever yeah. overturned a yeah. decision? I don't understand why they fucking do it. Yeah, I know. Like the decision Just is go, made. Yeah. Like if if you're arguing pre-decision, and you think you're you've got a compelling enough argument. Yeah. And you're not going to come out just like an arsehole, but you're going to convince this mm. this person that think about it differently. Yeah. Then maybe go for it. But once the decision's made, other than wasting time or or psyching out I, your competition, yeah. which I think is maybe why they do it. Yeah. Like there is no point. I was I was having exactly the same reaction. Like, would you guys just fucking shut up yeah, already? Yeah, yeah. Just and get let's on play with the, the game. bloody game because. Yeah. Surely you're just pissing yourself off because mm. you ain't going to get an alternative decision. The decision is made. Well, I think that penalty took three minutes to take, and I was it like, clearly, three minutes? clearly, like, it was a tactic. To, this, yeah, to I get think, Harry Kane just like just a bit in his head and messed nervous, up. and yeah, and 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 stopping. We're in a good flow, so it's just blocking what we're you know. But in I our hate flow all of state, that. I, so. I wish they could just like like you know just trampled out away, just like go look, guys. Actually, you're going to start getting yellow cards if you yeah. st- if if you keep fucking arguing with me from now on. Yeah, yeah. If I get any abuse, you're out. You don't like it? Sorry, yeah. it's, the, it's the name of the game. I want this game to be fluid. I want it to be with right sportsmanship. Yeah. And I don't want to tolerate bullshit back. We've got we've got VAR yeah. now. We've got linesmen. You know, we know what we're doing. Mm. And how many times have you seen a decision overturned because you're getting leery? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. fucking happen. So can you stop doing it because no one likes it? Well, I love watching rugby. There's these big blokes and you've got this little ref and this ref, like, he, he tells them off. Sometimes he, like, brings them together and he's like, none of that. He's like, stop it now. You two, go away. And then they just go, yeah, and then they walk off. Like, he just takes control of the game. Yeah. They respect him and it's just... You don't get that you at just don't all get it. in football, do but you? I love the irony because these big blokes and this little ref's like having a go at them and, <laughs> yeah. and telling them what, what the deal is. And then you watch football and you've got like these little blokes that are quite slight arguing with the ref and you just think... Oh. It is funny. But it's football. But it's, yeah, it is, exciting, and... exciting tournament so far. Yeah. Surprising tournament because Very. everyone you would have assumed would be in the quarters isn't pretty yeah. much... Yeah, you know, um, Germany's out, Portugal's out, um, Argentina's out, um, Spain, Spain's out. So all the big, yeah, the big players. Well, are it out. leaves leaves a space for the likes of England to, might, exactly. you know, to, to scrape scrape through. Yeah, it'd be lovely happens. to see that, man. It'd be lovely yeah. to see us get to the semis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I don't want to don't want to knock us. I, I don't think we're good enough to win. Yeah, but I mean, you if, don't think we're good enough. To I win, don't think we're good enough to win. Like. It, the no. test will be when we're put up against someone like Brazil. But would that only happen in the final based on the yeah, fixtures? I, yeah, I don't know how it's fixed. But yeah, let's say we get through to the final and we play someone like Brazil. Are are we good enough to beat Brazil? I don't know. No. I don't know. I, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, not... I don't think we're worthy enough to be declared the best team in the world. Yeah. Like, just think about it. Like, now, you can get a bit of luck and things can go your way and the momentum of the nation all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and it gets you there. But are we the best team in the world? I don't, I don't think so. And therefore, yeah. I think um, the enthusiasm and energy and the belief at some point is going to wane when they get 
true competition because so far we haven't had any true competition. No. Do you know what I mean? We've had a good run of it so far because the teams have been okay. Yeah. Or crap. Well, we've not played anyone proper real team. significance But then, yet. you know, people playing proper teams and they're beating them. So let's see, man. Yeah, exactly. Adaptation. Right. Um, actually, part of what we just spoke about might, um, might bleed into something we were talking about off mm. off air that you said we should speak about, which is um, training frequency, rest and recovery. Yep. I was just talking about how certain performance af- athletes will do whatever it takes to improve their skill level, mm-hmm. even if it means being beast mode all the time yeah. and not truly respecting what the body needs, which is periods of intensity and periods of rest and recovery to fully rejuvenate and yeah. not have too much inflammation or too much stress or too much shit going on inside, which gives you either emotional stress or mental fatigue yeah. or your body's not responding. And you ask the question or are pondering the question for yourself and your clients on what is optimal training frequency. Mm. So do you want to kind of lead with kind of where you were thinking on that? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to, we know how important recovery is, right? So you'll have a hard training session and then we obviously now need to recover from that hard training session to then come back even better. So we're going to be um, fresher, we're going to be stronger, um, and our muscles are going to repair, um, our nervous system is going to be firing on all cylinders ready for next session. If we've recovered optimally, right. If we've slept, um, if we've, you know, uh, nutritionally we've eaten, right. We're hydrated, stress levels are low. So that being said, right. We know we need to have that. That's important. But the question I often ask myself is what if we, what be more optimal if we were to train every single day, right? Because we're like a machine. If we don't keep moving, we kind of seize up a little bit and we get a bit, you know, a bit cranky and a little bit stiff. So if we're moving every day and we're training every single day, but with a lower intensity, would that be more optimal um, than if you're training hard or harder with higher intensity a few times a week? So at the moment, I train four times a week. Um and yeah, the intensity is usually greater than if I was to train every single day. Because mm. um, if you're training every single day, you could keep well away from that red line. Okay, so failure. You don't want to get near. Fa- you know, you don't want to fail on your squats or bench press, especially on the you know the big lifts. Um, but it's something I want to play with because I've seen a few people, someone, for instance, like I mentioned, Brandon Carter, um, he's this YouTube sensation yeah. um, and he's he's big in the sort of fitness and wellness world. He did uh, a 90 day... Not wellness, fitness. Well, fitness, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but he, he's, he did a, a 90 day uh, squat consecutively. So every single day for 90 days, he was squatting. Um, and he said to begin with, he was sore. And it was a bit of a, a barrier that he had to get over to begin with and mentally as well. But once he got over that, actually, he just got stronger and his legs just kept growing. And now ever since he's done that challenge, his legs just keep growing and growing and growing. But has whenever. he been able to quantify that? 
Yeah, I think, well, he, I mean, it's this is just off of his own back. So yeah. he's not actually done any real research. No, but has he's he done, like, done, done measurements and stuff like that, do you know? Yeah, I don't know if he's done measurements. This is just what he's he said. He goes, yeah. you know, he, he's his gene sizes went up and things like that. Okay. So he said, you know, his genes were just getting really tight and he had to go up. Ever since he's done that, mm. he whenever he does squat, his legs just respond so much better okay. and he's a lot quicker. So it makes you think, well, is there something in this? You know, he he if he's squatting for 90 days, there's not much recovery going into that. Mm. These are large muscles that he's working as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe we should be training more than we think. And he said as well, I don't believe in overtraining because he 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 was fine. He felt good, he was growing, he was getting stronger, it was going against what we believe. Mm. But the reason we don't do things like squatting every day is because we think, well, we need to have a few days off to recover and rest the muscles. We need to, the central nervous system to recover in order to get stronger and grow. So I think there's 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 a lot to unpack there. Mm. Um, but let's look at some of the un underlying principles of adaptation, right? Mm -hmm. Well, actually, before I do that, let's let's acknowledge that, you know, the most extreme version of what you've just said could be how about if I just uh, do one rep every 10 minutes mm -hmm. and just do that? Imagine how many reps I can get in yep. if I just done one rep every 10 minutes. So the volume is going to be high. It's going to be a lot higher because I could do that. I could do every 10 minutes as in like all day. Yeah. Like from the moment I wake up, I'm in my office. I've got a squat rack there every 10 minutes. So I just go do a rep, mm -hmm. get back to work. And I've done that. Imagine how many reps I'd get during that day and I just do that. All day, every day. Yeah. What would that What would that bring me? Yeah. What value would it bring? And I think it's a good question. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think there's been enough study to try and look no. at that at the extreme level. But really what we're talking about is volume. Mm -hmm. That's the argument. Is, is, is more volume better than less volume? And the studies, whether it be from Menno um, Hanselman's and... Um, mm -hmm. There's various other kind of like Greg Knuckles and guys like that have done yeah. done like proper scientifically controlled studies. And they come up with di different findings, but nothing's ever revolutionary. Nothing really changes the game. They're kind of like just saying it's a nuance of what we already know. Mm -hmm. But what do we already know? Volume matters. Mm. Sets times reps times weight. Whatever that total volume is, that matters. People also, also say... Um, the general adaptation process of a muscle, right, depending on how demanding it is and what type of exercise you're doing, every exercise that's got any level of intensity is going to create some form of damage, hmm. and that damage needs to repair. So a light walk, for example, you you know you don't have to wait two days until you do another light yeah. walk, but if you do a heavy one rep max, you're going to need a couple of days before you go try and do that again. Yeah, and that's been proven. They've plotted the scientific uh, lines of uh, damage, recovery, and then when you get to this point of um, gas, uh, the general adaptation syndrome, where there's some adaptation, positive adaptation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in a nutshell, you go work out, you damage your muscle, they get weaker, they recover. As they recover, that curve jumps back up yeah. to neutral. But it super compensates. Yeah. So there's a period of time when your muscles have adapted and they come stronger. Yeah, it goes above. But if you then wait too long, that then drops back down to normal. The idea is your body wants to stay in 
homeostasis. Yeah. So the idea is if you can jump on that line at the right time when you've super compensated, mm-hmm. the next time you work out, you're going to work out with a slight improved strength curve, strength, yeah, yeah. strength function. So if you can optimally tie in your workouts, you're going to layer added strength on added strength on added strength, which is the means of growing greater muscles. But could you could you get that response over compensation? Could you get that response more frequently if you train at a lower intensity, more with more volume, so, more frequently? So this is the thing, right? So if you if you then do less intensity, therefore mm-hmm. less damage, which means that instead of having to wait two days, yeah, maybe twenty four hours is is adequate for you to go again. There is an argument to say that as long as, as you say, you're hitting that point of damage recovery then you know back to normal then that little pop-up where it super compensates if you jump on that right point you adapt i think though it's like threading a needle because how much damage have you accrued Mm -hmm. when is it fully recovered yeah because the worst thing you can do in my eyes is training perpetually on damaged muscles Mm -hmm. because you're you're putting stress on stress yeah that's physiological stress in terms of your muscles. It's also stress on the overall system and the system affects hormones, it affects mood, it affects anxiety, depression, fatigue. Like let's not let's not be boneheaded here and just think purely about muscle development. Because mm. you want to get bigger yeah. whilst being happy. And if your happiness is impacted because your hormones are all over the shop because you've now fatiguing your body because there's accumulating stress and you're not allowing yourself to step out of beast mode or step out of constant training. That's where when we spoke about the balance between performance, wellness, and for longevity, something like what Brandon Carr is doing doesn't make any sense. Mm. He's not going to do that for his whole life. At some point, he's going to go, that was stupid. Like that mm. made sense and I got some benefit. Yeah. But I had a downside to training every fucking day with no days off. Yeah. Cause I felt that. I've been I told you about not taking any deload weeks for like months and months and months and working as hard as you know I do. Yeah. It got it got it but got, I know eventually I know it hit me. You you push quite hard in your sessions. So what if you were to to change your programming a little bit and lower that intensity? So I'm thinking now, okay, if I like my bench press, for instance, my bench press is lagging behind what it should be compared to my squat and my deadlift, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what if I bench press every day? If I just do 10 reps, let's just say, for argument's sake, every single day, because I'm at about a bit of a, a plateau at the moment with my bench press, right? And if I suddenly did that, then what is going to be the response? Maybe it's something I should test. Yeah. It might be something I'm going to do, actually. But, but th- think about it this way. see how I respond. Your body's not going to change unless there's an environmental need for it to change. Yeah. Like at the, at the, at the kind of like most basic level, our bodies adapt as humans to meet the, the stimulus and demand yeah. of the environment. Mm-hmm. So... If your environment changes, I you now need to lift up heavier shit to survive, your body's going to have to adapt to be able to help you lift that heavier shit up, right? That's how our bodies change and evolve, whether you want to be an endurance runner or you want to be a power lifter, is your body's adapting to the, the, the environmental demand. Now, 
adaptation occurs when you're increasing the demand on your body, mm-hmm. right? And it's progressive overload. Mm. So I think you, unless you're following that format you've just said, and you're progressively overloading, yeah, then then yeah, there's something there. If you're not putting damage on damage on damage and actually just fatiguing your muscles and not allowing them to yeah. recover. And that, that's what I'll be interested but if you're in not seeing. Putting, if you're not progressively if, overloading, yeah. then I can't see how that's going to help. It's like, for example, I'll give you an example. It's like a female doing like an aerobic class every day. Mm-hmm. Like, the, unless it's hip-based, if it's just a kind of general mode aerobic class. Like, let's say you're doing spin or something. Uh, spin, spin could be quite demanding, but something maybe a little less, like some kind of you know class-based moving around body weight thing. Yeah, it, unless it's proper hit, you could probably do that every day. Mm-hmm. Are bodies going to change that much? Like, I know it doesn't. I know mm-hmm. women who have been doing that for two, three years, and they're not training every day. They're doing it three, four, five times a week. And their bodies are still the same. Mm. Now, really, all they care about is fat loss, but their fat loss after a while stops changing. Their muscles definitely aren't growing. So, yeah, but that and, might and be down to nutrition if, it, if energy balance maybe, isn't right. But at the same time, then that that method is hard to progressively overload. You can't mm, progressively yeah, yeah. overload an aerobic no. class. Do you know what you I mean? Just, really? Yeah, you can just go for longer, but you can't necessarily, so, and you don't want to do that week on week. For example, if you've done press ups every day, unless you're doing more press up, like, and I, I wouldn't reps. say it has to happen every single day, but. Over you know, time, within you know every couple of days, there's even more reps, or you're going slower. There's great attention, but unless for whatever, however you want to measure it, you're making it harder mm-hmm. and more difficult on your body every session or every couple of sessions. If all you do is turn up and do your ten press ups and they're the same intensity as the day before, the week before, the month before, your body isn't going to change. And I know oh, this because yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've trained for years pretty much lifting exactly the same weight. And guess what? Body didn't change. Fuck it. No, not, not at all. So that's the challenge. That's, it, it is volume for sure. Yeah. But it's volume with the added expectation that you're going to be progressively overloading your body. That, and that's the question, right? So it's if I'm to bench press for, let's just say, 90 days in a row, will I get stronger? Or will I just put damage on damage and get weaker and over time end up lifting less rather than more. And that's the question. That's the experiment. I don't think you would you would push less. I think you would I think your ability to put more weight on the bar will be significantly hampered and you'll get frustrated that you're not feeling stronger. Mm-hmm. But doing that many reps there's some value there. Putting that many reps in, that's a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of, you know, m- you know, memorizing the the the, the muscle firing efficient the process movement. and being more efficient, yeah. being more effective, and being safe and more controlled. There's value to practice, mm. and there's value to volume, and you're going to get a lot of volume. Mm. The downside is I don't think you're going to spend enough time recovering to then get to the point of super compensation and if you're not super super compensating there's a chance you could be super compensating negatively and you know detracting from your growth and muscle potential and your strength potential 
Now that for me would be, I suspect would be, unless you do super low intensity. But with super low intensity, I don't think you're going to demand that much from the body. It's not going to be that different from from what you currently are demanding from your body for your body to want to change. Yeah. Why is it going to want to change if you're asking the same thing from it in August than you are in July? Mm. If the demand on it is exactly the same, I can't see why it's going to want to change. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think there's a lot of variables that we need to consider and i mean going back to where you're saying about the the um super compensations obviously the curve drops mm-hmm. okay and then obviously Stop we recover yeah. and then it hits homeostasis and then it goes into super compensation where you sort of peak and then you can theoretically you can lift and get stronger from there yeah. right and then yeah, you yeah. can but up, unfortunately up those gains don't stay forever they don't stay forever right so if you've trained too infrequently yeah you're wasting your time too yeah. If you train your legs once a week, you're probably not going to get that much by benefit. The time, yeah, by the time that muscle building signal uh, it would have dropped Drops. by the time you go back you've to done normal. that. Yeah. yeah. So my thought is, well, if obviously we need to recover for that curve to go up into super compensation, right? If we train every day, to begin with, we're going to be really sore, right? Brandon Carter said, he said, I was really sore, I was really struggling. But then he got to a point where... It's almost like his body sped up the, it adapted and sped up the recovery speed, right? It could recover much quicker. Or he's not damaging his muscles. Yeah, but he was getting stronger, right, over time. Maybe he's bringing the curves closer together. Was he getting stronger or was he getting more effective because he done so yeah. many reps? Do you know that's, what I mean? That's the thing. There's so many I mean? variables yeah. to consider. Like, what is it that's uh, that's allowing him to do that, right? Um and that's kind of what I want to test, right? So I'm going to, I might do this with my bench press. And if I do that every day and then try and figure out why, if I'm getting better and I'm getting stronger and let's say I'm putting on more muscle because of it, why? Is it because I'm recovering quicker? Is that what's allowing me to then up my weight because I can hit that frequency and volume and recover in a very short period yeah. of time? Or is it because I'm getting more efficient at the movement and I can move from point A to point B? I can do that more efficiently, which means I can obviously lift more weight. Because well, look, look at it this way. If you look at any of the power lifters, like, I don't know, Ben Pollock, or you read the stuff from Menno Hanselmans, mm-hmm. they, they all say the same thing. Twice a week on a muscle group is better than yeah. once a week. And three times a week on a muscle group is better than two times a week. So more training frequency is typically better. Mm. But at the same time, you need to account for fatigue, mm-hmm. damage and recovery, and you need to progressively overload. And that's the needle you need to thread. Mm. They're saying two is, is better than one and three is better than two. So more training frequency equals better. And some people say maybe reduce your training volume on a given day so instead of doing 50 sets of different chest exercises in one day, why don't you only do 25 sets of some exercises and then work your chest in two days' time again? Mm-hmm. So you're not just having chest day on a Monday, every Monday, and that's it. You're doing chest day on a Monday and chest day on a Thursday. And then maybe you do something light on on the Saturday, mm-hmm. just a, you know, just some extra volume. That's going to be better than Monday chest day. That yeah. is absolutely going to be better only if you're progressively overloading mm-hmm. and only if you respect the idea that volume needs to increase. Yeah. But let's not misunderstand what volume is. Volume isn't just how many reps. Mm. Volume is the equation of reps 
plus weight plus sets. Mm -hmm. So volume can increase if you ch if if you only you change the weight. Yeah, you can still do the same amount of sets and reps, but you've moved the weight up. You're now Total doing more volume. volume. Yeah, yeah. You can increase volume by just adding one extra rep and keeping the sets and the weight exactly the same. Yeah. But something needs to change week on week out, so your body's like shit. There's more demand on me this week than next last week. I'm gonna have to do something to change. Mm. So that's the that plus rest and recovery for you is going to be the challenge, so that you end up not wasting your time and just being a calorie burning exercise mm. and a, an efficiency and a practice exercise. Yeah. How do you make it not just be practice efficiency and calorie burning? How do you enable an anabolic state when you're going to be in a catabolic state? through the fact your muscles are damaged yeah yeah do you know what i mean how do we get that balance and i'm i'm not i'm not countering it as in i don't think it makes sense i just think i think there's enough logical understood aspects of hypertrophy that would suggest that yeah. it's probably got a limited application mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because uh, the thing is, right? I understand the importance of rest and recovery because that is your that is your enhancement to performance, right? Um, but what I'm just trying to just sort of question it a little bit and see. I think it's right maybe, to question it, man. Maybe it's a tool to if you're like I said with the bench press. If I'm stuck with my bench press, maybe it's a tool I use to almost shock my body into um, not being in the same place. How many was, days right? are you chest uh, you um, doing some form of kind of chest at the moment exercise once to twice a week, but I'm no more than that mm. at the moment. No more than that. I mean, you could easily if bump I was that, up, you to can three, easily bump that times three a times a week. Yeah, I would whilst respecting some form of recovery you could do that yeah i mean that that would be better than what you're currently doing yeah um i mean but yeah i mean but you, you're you're asking the question of the extreme which is every day yeah and it's just a question that I, was in my I, head i think it's I worth i think it's worth considering because i know your your technique and your efficiency and your comfort and your confidence will improve yeah pressing every day 100 <clears> percent. <throat> yeah but at the same time I mean, just look at this as an, an acute and extreme example. Imagine doing a heavy set of mm -hmm. bench press, heavy, like four to six reps, like it was tiring. Yeah. And then trying to repeat that 30 seconds later. Mm. You know your body's not ready. And whilst what we're not talking about there is damage, we're talking about uh, the depletion of glycogen and depletion of um, ATP and creatine. It's kind of like a, a, a micro view of the same thing, yeah. which is for your strength to improve upon what you've previously done, you need your body needs to adapt. Yeah. And if you're not allowing the body to adapt, all you're doing is practicing the movement. Yeah. So I'd, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be intrigued to see if you can be objective about this mm -hmm. and you could be deliberate on your attempt to do um, progressive overload yeah and just work out what progressive overload would be mm -hmm. for this kind of technique like for example if you're going to do three sets of 10 and you're going to do it every single day how do you make next week more challenging than last week what are you increasing what yeah. are you what is what are going to be the dials for you yeah 
I think for me, if I was to do it, it would be looking at keeping the the reps the same, but increasing the weight, the weight over time. Yeah, see if the if I can push more when it comes to the weight. And what about um, if you can't? What about if you can't after two weeks and like there's been two weeks and you you just hit that plateau of eighty kilos or whatever it is? Yeah, then then, I then would, would would you think it? You think if you keep persevering, it will change, or do you think actually? No, I think I, I don't I, know. No, I'd get to that point and listen to my body and go. I would I would be able to tell if I'm not lifting more because of under recovery because I'll just feel the bar will feel heavy. Um, you There's can a bit just of tell, in, yeah, anxiety, yeah. lack of motivation. You can tell that your nervous system isn't um, firing on all cylinders, and you can just you can just tell. And I think two weeks in, you'll be able to know. Actually, I'm starting to feel great, and I'm I'm pushing weight I never had before. Mm. Or you might go, you know what, this is going backwards, or not, it's not going anywhere, and I'm actually feeling pretty fatigued. And I think at that point, you would kind of make your decision. Um, but I wouldn't do that after the first week. It probably when have to are you going to do this? Like two weeks. Oh, yeah. Well, I've got a holiday coming up in a few weeks. So it's probably going to have to be after them, where okay. I can have a good run, where I know I'm going to be uh, where I can have access to bench press. But originally, my question wasn't actually based on one exercise it's kind of gone that way because it's it's quite interesting and i know i said about the squat challenge but that it was more the squat challenge that got me thinking about just training every day in general right Mm. um because it's popular in the crossfit world especially with uh, uh, top athletes like uh rich froning he pretty much trains every single day and he'll train multiple times a day and actually a lot of athletes do this Mm. so they will do in the morning they might do some sort of aerobic um, capacity work then at lunchtime they might go and do snatches so do some sort of olympic work and then in the evening they might go and do some strength-based work and they'll do that day on day on day but they that you never see they must still have days off you never see him gassed out you never see him lying on the floor. You never see him um, hitting failure or missing reps. But you've got to understand their motivation is performance. Performance purely, right? right? But they are... So, for example, a lot of those female athletes have lost their periods. That's not a badge of honor. When you are no longer menstruating because your body fat levels are too low and you're demanding your body, you're demanding too much of your what, body. Is that, in, is that in CrossFit? A lot of CrossFit af- athletes. Yeah. And also Instagram stars who've lost a lot of. You know, they're trying I know to hold... that's prevalent in bodybuilding world, but I'm not. I'm. I'm not so yeah. aware of it. No, no, CrossFit. You absolutely, and yeah. there's there's studies to suggest that. So, when 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 the female body's pushed to its limit, both in terms of body fat percentage and just general, oh yeah, physical demand, it's quite common that women, young women, can lose their their periods for for many many months, even years. Same as guys not being able to get hard on. And and that that for me teeth. is what what that saying is this isn't a perfect system. Mm-hmm. You can't be, you know, the most ripped, the most high performant and be well, but, like long-term, mm. long-term, right? And let's face it, people that are shredded aren't the strongest. They can't but, be because, you know, to be shredded at 3 or 4% body fat for a guy, mm. you've got no muscle glycogen. You yeah, can't. Yeah, yeah. You can't have much in your body because as soon as you have carbs... You've stuck another two, three yeah, pounds yeah, on, yeah. or five, or six. And I was listening to a contest prep um, bit of training. I was, I was listening to, and um, you've got some boxers and fighters and stuff. They'll, they'll like have a weigh-in 
on like, I don't know, Saturday morning and they've got a fight on a Saturday night or they have a weigh-in on the Friday yeah. morning and they fr- fight on a Saturday. Saturday so depending yeah. on that weigh-in time, weigh-in time to fight time depends on their protocol to put mass back on. Mm-hmm. But the idea is they want to be the leanest they can be to be in the lowest weight category weight, yeah. for their for their for their strength. And you hear these guys that they can take off eight or nine pounds in a day. In a day. And they can put on that much in a day. They'll yeah. do hot baths. They'll like drink no water. They'll play around with their sodium. You know, they'll have next no carbs. So you can get yourself to wherever you want, but it comes at a price. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It comes at a price to be shredded. It comes at a price to be have like ridiculous work capacity like Rich Fronin. Mm-hmm. It comes at a price. It doesn't yeah. it's not all for free. You're but, not gonna be like that and be like optimally well. What I would say Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean and, and I, I I I think for the majority of us being functionally strong, having good, adequate endurance, having your body move in the right way, having a physique that you're proud of, mm-hmm. combined with being as well as you can be so you can thrive. Yeah. You cognitively, you're, you're on point. Your mood is in a good place. You can be productive and creative. You can care and be compassionate for people because you haven't got your own shit to deal with. Yeah, That, for me, is the place to be. That's the, yeah. that's the gold standard Yeah, yeah. is that you feel great. Mm-hmm. And to feel great isn't just to look great. Yeah, You need to respect what the body needs. And the body does need rest and recovery. Yep. The body does need hormonal yeah. balance. The body does need nutrition. Your body does need to have... Uh, a lack of inflammation mm-hmm. but when you when you train you inflame your muscles when you eat poorly your 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 stomach inflame so your intestines inflame you get permeability you get leaky gut you get fatigue you get adrenal fatigue mm-hmm. you can get so many things when you disrespect the system and i think overtraining is disrespecting the system which in the moment especially if you're young you don't feel it but if you keep doing it perpetually you are going to get gassed out you are going to reach a point where I look good, but I feel like shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So what I want to do is I want to rewind right back to where you said about um, the CrossFit athletes, you know, like missing their menstrual cycles. So what I would say is, well, we don't know how they're training or if they're eating enough. They they might be, the, these individuals might be overtraining. But what, what I'm saying is with like someone like Rich Froning, he may not be, overtraining he might actually be optimal and he might be on a day-to-day basis feeling great feeling amazing yeah i know it's 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 one end of the spectrum because yeah. performance but and plus he, he's he, genetically yeah genetic and, and that's the thing so well, genetically right? he might that might not be overtraining for him um and he might hormonally be spot on he might have really good energy and mm. mood and peak of his strength and muscle mass as well um and he's training every single day and he's training multiple times a day for someone like that, that actually might not be overtraining and he might not be abusing that at all. Um, but then it might be for, for some women that do, and we know this does happen, right? Cause like you said, there's been research to show, um, that overtraining and seriously low body fat levels as well can make you miss your, your menstrual cycle and, and throw your hormones off. Mm. Um, but then these individuals may be overtraining. They may be they may be hitting the red line too often. They might not be eating enough. They might not be sleeping enough. So I, my I, question I think, is, I think, is his, I think history answers the question for you. Yeah. 
Look at Dorian Yates. Yeah. If you you know who Dorian Yates is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Super famous, yeah. one of the best bodybuilders in the world. I'm not a massive bodybuilder fan. It's not like if I followed it <clears> when I was a kid, but I know of him. Yeah. Um, he his training protocol was insane. Mm. Right. Train every day. Um, but he would he, no. He would train every day, but he respected rest massively. Yeah. He respected rest. He he respected progressive overload of course he was on dr- on drugs he openly admits he was on steroids yeah. no he can get that big otherwise and he was eating a shit ton of food yeah yeah um but he was monk-like in his determination like he didn't have a life mm-hmm. it's like i didn't have a life yeah, yeah i would train i'd have my my predetermined you know broccoli and rice and chicken i would not go to the cinema because if it meant i couldn't get home for 10 o'clock and i couldn't have my 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 dinner meal so i can get to bed at 10 30 so i'm rested enough so i can train the following day i wouldn't do it or wear life i wouldn't go out for meals because it'll get me out of my macro splits that i need i don't want to eat too much fat i would just avoid communication relationship because it was the only way i could keep to the level of level of pursuit and outcomes i wanted you see that a lot in bodybuilding world. so it's like everything had to be dialed in yeah all the time yeah so he was doing it, doing it, doing it. And of course, he has amazing results. You know, one Mr. Olympia, I think more than anyone else or, or, or similar to Arnold. Yet, like if you hear him speak now, now he's a lot older. Mm-hmm. But here's the point. He's like, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. I can't do I can't. I, I want a life. My, I busted all my joints up. I've got, I've got, you know, um, I don't know, torn muscles that have had to be reattached to the point that I, I can't bench press anymore, even mm, if I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't do I, I don't do steroids because I don't, you know, like I'm just trying to recover from my testosterone abuse I've been I've been going through. And yeah, I, my body can't keep up with that level of demand for too long. So he reached a point where okay, he got the accolades, and maybe it was like, okay, I don't need any more. I've already got the ones I need. But I think it was more like, I just can't keep doing this forever. Mm. And my body was starting to pay me back for the abuse that yeah. I gave it. Whilst he he grew mentally in ways that are extraordinary <laughs> and he grew his career and his ability to earn as a result of everything he committed to. What you hear from that is being the best and doing things to the extreme has a price. Oh, and he is yeah, paying yeah. the price. Now, he the, quest- was, he's the question about it. Rich Fronin, who I know doesn't compete anymore. He uh, he does, does he? team events, but okay. not individual. Is He knows he's got a shelf life of how hard he can push like that. Yeah, yeah. Hence the reason he doesn't do individual sport anymore. Yeah. He was the best yeah. until it was too much. Yeah. And now he still trains with the same level of intensity when he's at home in his own gym and stuff yeah. because he loves it. He thrives off it. He gets the endorphins. It's what makes him feel great. Mm-hmm. But there will come a point where he will dial that down too because there's only so much time that a young body can tolerate that level of overwork yeah. to the point that when your body ages and now it's like, I can't do this anymore. But the thing you see, that, right? That's the point I want to make is, yeah. yes, you can do it when you're young and yes, you can do anything for a period of time until your body tells you mm-hmm. you're doing too much. Yeah. Which then makes me think, right, why do too much in the first place? Yeah, you know, I, why I, push yourself to the point where you know you're upset in the balance? If you're not trying to be, you know, the world's best, 
mm-hmm. on any given category, why train like the world's best? Or why yeah. push yourself with that level of intensity without the recovery or without the things you know will optimally put you in the right place? Because mm. why? I think Do you know what, what I mean? Yeah, and I'm not I, challenging I mean, you. I'm just challenging, I'm challenging myself. Yeah, yeah. Because I've changed, changed like I that. I think the way I, I look at it is is like if someone like Rich Froning who trains every day keeps well below the red line level, he probably could keep training like that forever. And maybe he might feel great if he trains like that all the time. So you might do squats and you might be doing 60% of your – and you just keep bettering your 60% rather than going 70, 80, 90, 100%. And then leave that for competition day. So, and and that's that's the big misconception that you see with CrossFit is that people only see CrossFitters at the com uh, on competition day when they are pushing their hardest. Mm. Doesn't mean they train like that by any means. And I think a lot of CrossFitters think that. And then you, I mean, I go to CrossFit box and you can see where people push themselves every single session push to, to that red line to failure yeah. because that's what they see in the games they see all these these guys gassed out at the end collapsing on the floor if you do that every session that's just gonna fry you oh for but, sure 100 percent. but what you don't see is like with the athletes like rich froning um and matt fraser and these guys they're they're you will never see them miss a rep. You will never see them gassed out on the floor during their training. And some of them, I think Matt Fraser is, they, some of these guys only compete once a year and that's it. They won't do any other competitions for that reason. So they'll stay well within their range. Mm-hmm. They'll train every single day, multiple times a day. Um, and they'll compete once a year because they know that level of output is is going to mess with their body. Um, and I think that the way I see it is going, well, maybe that's more optimal doing that every day and keeping and never hitting red line ever unless you're at a competition. Because let's maybe, be honest, maybe, I, I maybe. don't compete. So yeah. maybe it's worth me training pretty much every single day, keep well below that red line and never have to push to that red line. Well, is, I, is I, that honestly, I honestly think training like that serves the purpose of trying to increase endurance and fitness. It's not about muscle development. Yeah, it depends it, what it, your goals are. But, I mean, but, it, but I don't think it is. I think, you know, think about it. You know, if you continue to put that, because what, what are wads? It really is. It's really a test of endurance. Yeah, it's, it's mostly. A lot, I mean, it's I'm not, I'm not me- saying they're lifting weight. They're, they're lifting weight. Yeah, yeah. But the majority of what they do is a test of endurance and skill. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the more you run, the more efficient you get at running. Yeah. So then it's easier, mm-hmm. which then means you can push yourself a little bit harder when you need to. Mm-hmm. So that's really, they're, they're, as you say, they're, they're metabolic, con- they're doing metabolic conditioning for the most part. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure that has the same crossover to strength and hypertrophy because the thing the thing i like because strength and hypertrophy by its very nature is damage yeah whereas running is less damaging than strength training now Mm -hmm. it does still elicit damage and it's still a stress response and you still need to recover but because the damage is less you can do it more frequently Mm -hmm. so think about it at the extreme scale if you just walked every day could you walk every day without being gassed out mm. yeah for yeah. sure and that's what i mean if we so but you know what i mean right but then, but then what's, what what's the benefit of walking every day other than yeah. it's uh cathartic benefits like are you gonna is it gonna change anything so then if you do what about if you just do a mild jog like a small mild jog for 20 minutes a day 
again, cathartic benefits you get within your own headspace, you know, yeah. you breathe, all that kind of stuff. But are you adapting? Mm. I would assume not. Yeah. So then at what point does just showing up and doing stuff yeah. just become just showing up and doing stuff? Yeah. And and as and and I'm not I'm not coming from a, a, a I'm not trying to be on a pedestal here, Britain. Because I have the same conversation with Michelle and she struggles with me as much as I struggle with her because I challenge the why she does some stuff. Yeah. And she comes back and says, because I enjoy it. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, but, but, and she's like, but I enjoy it. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I should, let me just stop asking the question. Yeah. Because for me, I'm, my mind's geared towards understand the why, make progress and it's got to be logical towards. You have to have. Like, like, I don't want to work reasoning. for the sake of working. I want to work with the with the sake of growth. Yeah. No, it's not growth in terms of muscle size, but mm-hmm. I want to be adapting and changing. Yeah. And I look at some of the things Michelle chooses to do because she's got a social environment. She's got the external accountability, mm-hmm. music, good environment. She's having fun. It's better than doing nothing. Yeah. She feels good about it. And I'm like, are you going to make much progress? maybe and i'm like probably not after you've done it for a couple of months you're probably going to flatline in terms of whatever whatever benefit that jump and jump around and spot does for half an hour is probably not going to cross over much more than jumping on the spot for yeah half an hour you know? she might get a little bit better and she's like it. yeah but you know i like it i'm like okay but and and that is the point i i need to concede on that and I go yeah. do you know what if that's what that's a, that if that's be a good what enough you reason. like yeah and it's better than sitting on the couch. Yeah. And you feel good. And maybe that's maybe that's all you need. That's the thing, isn't it? Do you know like, what I mean? Everyone's so different when it comes to training. Like for me, I'm very much on the fence. Like I, I'm I want to get stronger, but I also want to build a bit more mass. And and you're quite similar as well, aren't you, with your goals? Um, I just don't have you, endurance goals. You, I have, you I have don't no have endurance goals. And I have no no interest in work capacity and endurance, yeah. which is what you need yeah. if you're running or doing CrossFit. Whereas like Michelle, she 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 wants to get stronger, right? But it's not. She really, doesn't really have any it's, progress it's, goals. Yeah, other than it's not really that. Weight. Exactly. Hers is more like um, you know she wants to look and feel good, yeah. and she wants to enjoy it. She, she doesn't she care just, about she doesn't care about how much weight she lifts. Exactly. And, it means nothing to her. Exactly, and that just changes which things is fine. Completely. Like, does it really mean anything anyway? really yeah so for, <laughs> for michelle it's like well she she trains every day and she does like you know let's say she's doing classes and things like that and she's enjoying them and maybe that's fulfilling her her need you know um and for you it might be a bit more strength based so you're really tapping into that central nervous system and you might need a little bit more time off um a bit more I, rest in between I, and and, and Bryn, i think it's more about like what do you need as a person? And like, exactly. I, I've, I've done, I've been doing lots of reflection and I can continuously just like, you know, who am I? What am I? What am I doing? What's the point of some things I do? And I think the gym works for me because I'm a growth minded individual. Yeah. I always have been for as long as I can remember growth is everything for me. Mm-hmm. Now you could say growth is everything for everyone. You know, if you're not growing, you're dying. But for me, I take it very literally very literally you, you know, love seeing the metrics i, I need i need you, you to i need to that. know that i'm learning being more showing up more growing in some mm-hmm. capacity for me to feel have some worth and purpose i want to feel that i am yeah. growing and 
that's why the gym works well for me because yeah. it's very visceral yeah and it's very metric based and it's very objective and it's like do this get that do this get that grow change adapt grow change adapt yeah that for me is like that taps into who i am mm-hmm. that makes it worth it yeah whereas some people just want to move around and just want to feel that you know they can deserve the food that they they want to eat um uh, that they're managing their weight they're just doing something for themselves yeah um and it's less it's more about maintenance and feeling good than it is changing and growing and adapting yes exactly. and i have to accept yeah. that some people aren't trying to make massive changes hit a pb or yeah yeah and i struggle with that because it's not me do you know what i mean yeah but it doesn't mean i'm right you're wrong that i'm better than you because i want to be better it just means that that's the way i'm wired I yeah. just, I'm, i've got a growth mindset in every aspect of who i am yeah but if that isn't you like for michelle she wants to be a better version of herself from day to day but she doesn't, and we've had these conversations, doesn't think about it enough yeah. um, for it to be that meaningful for her. She it has to be, she has to be reminded yeah. that have you, you know, have you learned something new today? Uh, mm. You know, are you going to read a book that's going to help progress you? Uh, you know, you're going to stop reading this fiction or are you going to challenge what you're doing in the gym because you've been doing it for the last six months has been the same thing. What about trying to do something new? She needs to be reminded that actually maybe I'm just doing the same thing. It's a bit groundhog. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe I should change. Versus me going, it's the same as the last week. Yeah. I, I can't do it anymore. My tolerance for sameness is so, so short. So short, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, it's completely individualized. I mean, for me, I, I'm growth mind, uh, I've got a growth mindset as well, but not to the degree you have. So I would, my tolerance for that is much greater. Yeah. Like I yeah. could do the same thing and it would take me a lot longer until I go, right now, I need to change shit up and I need to progress. Um, but I think, understanding who you are and really getting to grips with what your goals are and what makes you tick. Like you're saying what makes you tick in the gym is seeing the metrics, seeing things progress and grow. Um, and that makes you tick, right? So then you've got to train in line with that. You've got to make sure what you're doing is optimal in order to see that progress. Whereas someone going back to what we talked about earlier, like that's that's, um, an athlete, will might train multiple times a day, stay below that threshold, and that might really excel them in their sport. Um, Michelle, you know, she might train every day doing a class. That makes her feel great because she's moving on a daily basis, endorphin release. Um, yeah, she feels good. She's recovering enough and, and eating well, and, and that's enough for her. You know, so it just mm. depends on your individual goals at the end of the day. Um, but it's been an interesting conversation to... You know, just pressing some subjects that are, you know, and we're all we're, we're all this this space is continuously being tested. There are some, yeah, you know, there's a lot of evidence based, uh, you know, whether it be trainers or enthusiasts or scientists, yeah, that have both the money, the resources, the funding, mm-hmm. and the innate curiosity to challenge some of these these aspects. Yeah. You'd think we'd know it all by now. Yeah, yeah. But it's really difficult to get human subjects to be to diligently follow precisely yeah. a plan unless you've got them in a lab. And if yeah. you've got them in a lab and you don't let them leave, that's very, very expensive. Yeah. And most people wouldn't sign up to no, that. No, no. So as a result, a there animal. are so many permutations, there's so many variables. Yeah. It's hard for us to be absolutely conclusive. But I think there is work by some of the people mentioned earlier that is starting to, you know, 
Brad Shanefield, yeah. uh, Brett Contreras, mm-hmm. uh, Greg Knuckles, those kind of guys that are, are doing, pay, you know, are putting together papers yeah. on PubMed and so forth, challenging hypertrophy and challenging yeah. op- optimal training. So we'll, you know, we'll get there in five years' time. I might be, you know, eating my words on some of these things. You might have found this revolutionary these way things. of training. Yeah, yeah. But we can only go with what we know right now. Yeah. And um, I would be really interested to see you do it. Yeah. If you're if you're up for it, doing some some go. form of daily training on the same muscle group to see if you can create some form of adaptation that's greater than what you have currently seen. And I think you'll probably get some newbie gains, and then you'll fatigue, and then you'll probably flatline and need a break. Would be my guess, but let's yeah. see, man. That's just my. Yeah, it's just we we like chucking ourselves into these things. We ask a question and then we think, well, let's give it a go. Let's see what happens because you same don't man. know until you do it. Exactly. And, and the thing as well, everyone will respond differently who does the True. same test. So, and as you can see, this conversation for today, there are so many variables to it. There's so many different angles as to why and what. Um, so it, yeah, it's well, hard what, to what, tell. What are you currently pressing? Like, I, I obviously depends on the rep range, but. Your normal rep range, how much are you pressing? Yeah, I mean, for eight, if I'm looking at about eight reps, I'm pressing about my body weight, which at the moment is just above 70 kilograms. Okay. So that's, for me, is not great because, yeah. I mean, I'm squatting way over my body weight and I'm deadlifting pretty much double chest my is body all, weight. Chest is, you, you can't, don't have the same multiples on chest than you do no, squat. No, no, but it's but still... But being to your body weight is is reasonable. Yeah, it is kind of... If you of, get to 1.5, that's that's when you're getting strong. Exactly, that's yeah. what I'm going to get to is 1.5 um, because at the moment what I'm pressing is not far off really intermediate. It's not really anything yeah. more advanced than that. Um, so I do, I do want to get that number up and I'm thinking, and I've, you know, I've done cycles of, you know, really working my triceps and I have up the frequency on my bench pressing and i've seen some progress but not much um and and i'm talking about over a few years i've not seen much progress um and that's why i'm thinking now what if i was just to do like a 90 day challenge let's say because i've seen people do it and progress Mm. so it's just got me asking the question and just thinking and i think well give it a go and see what happens because if it works then that might be a tool i could personally use on my clients if i know they're stuck and go maybe not to that extreme because they don't have necessarily the access to the equipment um but let's say press-ups they can do press-ups and they're stuck on two press-ups a day let's do let's do press-ups every day because i'll know you know whether whether they're going to be overtraining or not that's what i'm interested in i would Let's let's take uh, this conversation offline, but just a little kind of little teaser for for the people listening. We've done we we put together the June hyper workouts that mm-hmm. I'm still following. Going to be coming to an end to that sh- soon, and it doubled up on the the general chest volume. Yeah, and we have a really chest dominant day and a shitload of volume. And I said to you, there's a couple of good and bad things, but the good thing mm-hmm. is. I am breaking through on my plateau. So now yeah. I'm doing, I'm up to 115K on my bench, yeah. which is all right. I'm mm-hmm. an 85K, 85 to 90K guy. So that's that's good. Yeah. Um, still feel weak though. Mm-hmm. I still feel that I should be... You have great potential. Great potential than that. But I'm breaking through and I'm breaking mm-hmm. through because part volume, part exercise diversity, part 
testing different muscle fibers and work isolating those like with different types of variations of yeah. you know incline and you know like um cable work just hitting volume work increasing endurance through some of the kind of work that we're doing with le less re um, recovery between sets mm -hmm. just generally getting that volume in has forced my chest to have to accept the volume increases substantially higher see progress yeah and as a result of that i am definitely seeing yeah some strength benefits on just so that some of those accessory exercises i'm getting stronger yeah. but then when you get into the big lifts they're getting better but what i'm having to do is i'm having to use a bench blaster which is um like an elasticated uh tool that goes over your chest and your arms just to keep my arms in the right place mm -hmm. so i don't put too much stress on my shoulders and maybe that could be enough for you because sometimes you find that your weakness is because of an improper movement when the weight gets too heavy so i found that i'm doing 115 but it's with the bench blaster it's not making the weight lighter it's forcing me to do the movement correctly yeah and i feel stronger so you might find that a combination of extra volume in your in your chest days, mm -hmm. you know, hitting different muscle fibers, so you get that ca carryover. Plus, doing something maybe like a an assistance tool such as bench blaster, that alone might help. Yeah, break free of the the current weight that you're you're pushing. Yeah, let's see, man. Anyway. Okay, look, let's close on this. Uh, Bryn, thank you for today. Thanks for having me on. Go England. Yes. Fingers crossed. And for everyone listening, um, you know that Adaptation is all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adaptation.